from the moment I opened my eyes, the angels had been teaching me. You know, they had become my best friend and my companions. And I always kept it a secret. And again, because they kept on reminding me as as I grow and, and even as an adult. But I think I got to the stage where I got to understand the world a bit more and and knew that they would ridicule me or laugh at me or jeer me because I was already having that because I was marked as you would say as as a child that was retarded so people would just ignore you they would say things whisper things to each other there'd be all that kind of thing so I I was very conscious that I must keep it a secret and the day when I was married and Archangel Michael came up behind me when I was wheeling the pram with my young daughter asleep in it and he was kind of annoying me and then you know just stopping and turning around and looking at him and 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 he's saying to me Lorna it's getting your time for you to write about God and us and I just remember getting annoyed and just saying how on earth does God expect me to write even one book when I can't even read or write like that was literally crazy you got to accentuate the positive wow I feel good Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello and welcome to another hour accentuating the positive here on Soul Traveller Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain. I'm a teacher of deliberate creation, a channel and a medium, channeling wisdom from my guides and broader perspective whom I've called blissful beings. On Accentuate the Positive, you'll hear conversations with open hearts and inspired minds. It's my intent to put more love out through our media. It's so important to have a media diet that uplifts you, empowers you, and reminds you of who you really are, instead of a lot of the media that we get that puts you in fear. So this is why I present the show. I've got some wonderful guests lined up for you can't wait to share more of their stories with you. I'm so delighted to bring you another incredible, incredible woman to speak with us today. Her name is Lorna Byrne and she is the author of, is it five books or six books, Lorna? Um, I'll have to count. Definitely five, I would say. I don't think it's six yet. She started writing them about, about seven years ago. Yeah, I think um, the first book was published actually eight years ago, 2008. About eight years ago, and that was Angels in My Hair, which was an autobiographical story of your life, yes? Yeah, that's that's right, of my life. Lorna is an extraordinary person. I've spoken to only one or two people like you. You have the ability to actually see with your physical eye, spirit and angels. And you've had this ability, you said many times on interviews, since you opened your eyes, you could see angels, everyone's guardian angel and also spirit around people. I find that's just an extraordinary gift because as a medium myself, I can see, but I only see here. I don't see here. And it's extraordinary to be able to do that. Welcome to the show, Lorna. 
Thank you. And I'm, I'm so delighted you you have me on your show and having this opportunity to, to talk with you and and for all of the people in Australia that will be listening as well. So so thank you very much for myself and the angels. Lorna and I were just discussing that she's never been down under and we were saying mm, we'll have to get her down under <laughs> to talk about the angels. I know you'll be really, really well received. Look, wherever the angels go, it's always well received. So let me tell you a bit about how I came across you. My esteemed colleague and good friend, Clara Apollo from Chee Time, interviewed you about eight months ago for Soul Traveller Radio. I remember, Claire, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she's over there in Bournemouth and um, also in Austria on the other side of the world. And so that was the first time I'd heard about you, Lorna, when I listened to Clara's show. I listened to the show and thought it was fascinating and beautiful and didn't think more about it. And then when I was on YouTube, looking at YouTubes, there was a YouTube review that was in my side all the time, all the time. There you were. There was your face. There was your face. And I saw it and I thought, yeah, that's the lady, Clara, interview. That was a lovely interview. But there you were. You kept coming back up like this. And I said, oh, okay. And I pressed it and started listening. And then I became obsessed with listening to your interviews and I really sort of thought, oh, I have to know more about this amazing woman. Well, it's, it's my pleasure to, to be talking with you. And let me tell you what's been really interesting. Just before I came on, I had been really, really thirsty and drinking lots of water. I know it's a hot day in Sydney, Australia today, but it's almost like the angels were getting me to cleanse somewhat before I talked to you. It was really weird. I... Uh, I wasn't hungry and I just wanted to drink. Does that often happen when people talk to you, Lorna? Not, not that I know of now. I don't know. No one has ever said that before. Really? So I have to smile, yeah. No, After no. My, about my sixth glass of water, I thought to myself, now this is strange. Glass. That's yeah. enough. I don't water. normally do this. So anyway, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I read your book before I went away. I went travelling to Indonesia with Habitat for Humanity to build homes for a small village. And I was obsessed with the angels at that point. Even though I've got my mob, my guides that I talked to, I just kept talking to the angels after reading your book. And so I took an army of angels with me away. And you know, it was extraordinary. So I'm fat and 50 and terribly unfit. And we were, working, to say. <laughs> we, we were working in the sweltering heat of Indonesia absolutely 99% humidity and it was pouring rain most days because it was the wet season so it was really treacherous conditions there was about 150 of us working there and not one person was injured that, that was brilliant when you you think of of the way the angels can protect you but sometimes someone might say my my mom or, or my grandmother you know is with me all of the time and guides me through life through life but in, in some countries and some traditions, we actually call the angels guides. And once they're not a soul. So I, I loved the way you, you said it. But I'm being told that there has always been plenty of angels around you as well. <laughs> I think, yeah. Interestingly enough, when I was in my 30s over 20 years ago, 
I was on an intense search for meaning, as many of the people who watch these YouTubes are, and wanting to know about our non-physical counterpart, who we are and what we're doing here. And I went to a, a, a mind-body-spirit here in Sydney and there was another, an English lady talking about angels called Diana Cooper. And I listened to her talk and I had never contemplated at that point that angels were real. I had only ever thought that they were just some lovely sort of fantasy you see in books and magazines to make you feel good. I'd never really... They're, they're very real and, yeah. you know, as, as I said, since I opened my eyes, I've, I've been seeing them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they, they were angels because I was only a baby, an infant at the time, a, a small young child. I see them physically and I suppose that is the part that people find very hard to accept because I see them actually with my eyes as I see you on the screen there, but now I don't see your guardian angel. That's one thing the angels don't allow. It's very rare it would it would happen. Mm. But if you were here in the room beside me or we were out on the street or anywhere, everybody that I would see, I would see their guardian angel physically with them as as I would see, see the people themselves. Mm. And of course, many, many other angels. And I, I know... It's a hard thing for people to accept is that I do see them physically and in that way. But as I said, from the moment I opened my eyes lying in the cot, I used to be reaching up, trying to catch them just to play with them. But I was an infant. I didn't know they were angels. And as far as I was concerned, my mom and dad saw them as well. They were in the house all of the time. So it's normal and and natural for me. And it was the time when I was sitting in front of the fire with my little brother, Christopher. We were playing with blocks and, you know, our hands touched. And it was like as if his hand went into mine or mine went into his. And it literally just all sparkled and went everywhere and I felt such love and it was at that moment that the angels said to me that my little brother was a soul and that they were angels and I was to keep it a secret. I didn't know my little brother had died before I was born. You have to remember I was a tiny child. I wasn't more than two and a half. You know sometimes I would see him in my mom's arms as an infant when she'd be asleep in the chair And again, a young child doesn't usually ask a whole load of questions. I wasn't one for asking questions, but the angels would often say to me, be quiet, be still. They would always constantly remind me to keep it a secret as as I was growing, not to say anything. And I did. And people find that amazing that I didn't share it during that time. But when you're being reminded constantly and you see these angels as physically as you see your mom and dad, of course you would keep it a secret because they're, they're so much a part of my life. They're my best friends, my companions, and they have taught me everything. And I'm, what's that word? I'm trying to always pronounce it, dyslexic. I hope I got it that time. I couldn't, there was loads of thing, things I couldn't grasp. And here in Ireland, Back in that time, they, you know, they said I was retarded. I know they don't use that word anymore, but that's what was said because my left and right, you know, to make out numbers as I got older was very hard. And the teachers didn't seem to be able to help me with my reading at all. You know, it was just a a panic kind of thing. But the angels have actually taught me everything I know. 
I know. Literally, literally everything I know. So that's how I'm able to do all I do today. But that's beautiful. That's so amazing. I love your story because I feel uh, very connected to it because as a child I was dyslexic as well and I had remedial reading and I was hopeless at it and I just hated, hated reading. I could read. I was taught to read. You know, years later I was told from my guides they dumbed down that intellectual aspect or that hemisphere of my brain so that I would develop that intuition that you had naturally. But for me, I had to develop it. And for many people, we have to develop it. You came in with this amazing connection. But for many of us, we have to develop it and, and not to get caught up with the books and study because to sort of listen more to the guidance. Well, I, I suppose um, I always would say, and I, and I believe I've said it in the, in the book Angels in My Hair, that, you know, God and the angels didn't allow me to become um, contaminated. And they taught me that word. And I'm amazed I can say it like, you know, because being dyslexic as well, there's a lot of words you can't pronounce at all or, or you say them wrong and, and people just smile. People don't mind nowadays even when I'm giving a talk and I, I don't um, say something correctly and, you know, we'd have fun with it. But that is one word they 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 taught me. Um, they just didn't. I wasn't allowed to become contaminated by the world around me. So I do understand why not being able to read and not being influenced by the world in in so many different ways has you know made a huge difference to to me. I, I see the world through different eyes. Mm-hmm. I suppose because I see the angels physically as I see every man, woman and child. And now I I travel all around the world mm. and I um, I give talks to people of all faiths and, and those of none. Everyone has a guardian angel and it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're a Catholic or a President or a Muslim or a Jew or, or a Hindu. And I have learned there's millions of other faiths I never yeah. realised that there was so many in the world. Yeah. And it's just so amazing to see everyone, you know, with a guardian angel. And and I know if I ever saw somebody without a guardian angel, I don't know what I would think. I think I would be very shocked. To me, it would be, God, what's wrong in the world that, that someone hasn't a guardian angel? But every single person has a guardian angel. And it doesn't matter whether they're good or bad and I I get into trouble for that you know because people will say you know how could a bad person have a guardian angel but they have yeah and and everyone has because you have a soul you know that is that speck that spark of light of God and that's another reason why your guardian angel can't leave you not even for one second and loves you unconditionally in every single way and just never gives up on you and to your guardian angel you are its number one it it, it only has eyes for you Absolutely. you know and, and to me that's something that is fantastic it's unbelievable only eyes for you yourself your guardian angel has yeah. and it's a keeper of your soul and it does its best to guide you through life but nine times out of 10 or 99.9 times, we don't actually listen because... I know. I I want to just back up a little bit, just going back to when you saw your little brother. How old were you when he told you that? 
I would say I at that time, the first time playing in front of the fire with them, I say I was about two, two and a half years. I was very young. I can only and, roughly guess my age. At yeah, each yeah, age. exactly. And how old were you when they asked you to keep it a secret? I mean, you must have been old enough to understand what secret meant. The, the thing is, from the very beginning, I seemed to understand okay. everything Joe mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. you know, um, and if as I got older, if I had a question and I asked them about it, sometimes they would answer it and sometimes they, w- they wouldn't. I yeah. understood and, and I think we have this as adults that small children don't understand things, but small children do. Absolutely. And if I understood, I, I know another two and a half year old child would under would understand. Wow. I, I love that you said that because I actually remember being a little child and thinking that and thinking, you know, I do understand just because I'm a child doesn't mean I don't understand. So I love that you yeah, said that. Because children soak up everything. And, and you have to remember from the moment I opened my eyes, the angels had been teaching me. You know, they had become my best friend and my companions. And I love your cat. Came in to say hello. (laughs) Well, I always kept it a secret. And again, because they kept on reminding me as as I grow and and even as an adult. But I think I got to the stage where I got to understand the world a bit more and, and knew that they would ridicule me or laugh at me or jeer me because I was already having that because I was marked as you would say as as a child that was retarded so people would just ignore you they would you know say things whisper things to each other there'd be all that kind of thing so I I was very conscious that I must keep it a secret and Mm -hmm. even today when I was married and Archangel Michael came up behind me when I was wheeling the pram with my young daughter asleep in it. I remember that day because it was a little cold and I was kind of, you know, a young mother trying to get home before your other young children came home from school and you had so much to get ready and, you know, and, and he was kind of annoying me and then, you know, just stopping and turning around and looking at him and 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 he's saying to me Lorna it's getting near time for you to write about God and us and I just remember getting annoyed and just saying how on earth does God expect me to write even one book when I can't even read or write like that was literally crazy. I think I remember in your book they told you that you would share your story later when you were young didn't they? They were telling me that from the time I was a child. Mm. So how many years did you keep it a secret? Oh, I kept it a secret. God, I've never actually counted. Like, um, but, a, but most, but most of your life? Most, most of my life. It was, you know, after Joe had died and he had gone home to heaven. It was after that time that I actually said yes. Um, I knew one day I would have to say yes, but I did understand as well. How would I say? I suppose I have never shared this before, but I did understand that one of the reasons why I was saying no all of the time. Um, but yet I knew I couldn't be saying no to God, <laughs> you know, in that in that way. I knew I would have to say yes, but I wasn't being forced to say yes. It was like it was being left to me when I felt it was okay to do so. And it was only 
okay to do so after Joe died because I knew deep down inside of me he wouldn't have been able to cope right um, because he was so ill he had become so ill it wouldn't have been fair on him and it was like when he had died in in one emotional way I had come free to do so and yet it was the most what would you say horror thing that I could think of that could have happened you know because I couldn't imagine life without him yeah when you were about 10 in the book angels in my hair yeah I just loved that book it's a fabulous read I know you've written quite a few other books but let's just share that story with your husband when you were about 10 I think I I was about 10 and I had been out with my dad and his friend Arthur Mason and as you know, my dad is a fisherman. He he loved to go fishing and he took me an awful lot with him. And this day I was I was with them and the angels had said to me, go on up the bank. And they had an angel to show me, someone very special. And I had to ask my dad for permission because if I was to go way up along the river, the river bank, but I knew all of the rules about walking along a river and river banks. Um so I asked my dad and he said, yes, go, you go, go ahead. And it was like when I had gone around the bend, more or less out of my dad's sight and Arthur's sight, I was looking around and I was saying to the angels, well, I don't see anyone here or any other angel. I, I didn't, you know, and then the next minute I see this magnificent, incredible angel walking across the water he is so robust in that in that way and he was dressed in the colors of amber all the different shades and and he just was was radiant but the thing that fascinated me at the age of 10 was none of that but it was this magnificent angel walking across the water like I was only 10, like you can imagine. I was more or less focused on his feet, you know, <laughs> his enormous feet walking on the surface of the water. And, you know, when he, he came ashore, he told me his name was Elijah. And I'm I'm only starting now to be able actually to say his name. I couldn't own my life. Um, I couldn't even pronounce it. I thought it was a beautiful name. And he got me to sit down beside him on a tuft of grass. And the next thing, he just told me to look across the river, you know, kind of down to to the to the left. And he showed me this big screen. And I'm always trying to describe the screen because it wasn't like glass. It wasn't like crystal. It was like a mixture of everything, even silk. It looked so fine. And yet it was, you could see for miles through this this screen. And he showed me this young man walking up a road. And I could see the young man kind of getting closer to the front of the screen. And and as this was happening, Angel Elijah said to me, Lorna, this is the young man you're going to fall in love with. Now, I was only 10. Like, I'm way back in Ireland then, like, that kind of thing wasn't talked about, <laughs> that I was going to fall in love with and, and have children. And, and I remember giggling because, you know, fall in love with, you know, it just seemed so funny to me. But then he said, we wouldn't grow old together. He would get sick. And that upset me. 
um, because I, I didn't understand why this angel, Elijah, wanted to tell me, tell me this part of it. Why did I need to know? And he just put his hand to the back of my head and, and just said, we'll just put it to the back of your mind. And it did, it upset me, even though it was at the back of my mind. And I know that's very hard to, to explain. But every day from that day, I was very conscious of this young man. You know, and Angel Elijah said we would fall in love. You know, we would have children. We'd have ups and downs. But the part was that we'd never grow old together and um, that we that he would get sick and he would die. And it always kept coming to the front of my mind. But I suppose maybe in, in a gentle way that all over the years of my whole life from being a child, it prepared me, I would say, in a sense for for meeting Joe. Mm. And it was when I was about 16, I was working in the petrol station Grosvenor in Rathmines. I was working for my dad. And I always remember that day looking out the, the shop window and, and the secretary's desk was right in front of the window and standing beside her and looking down the road and suddenly kind of things changing for me personally and seeing this young man in the distance that I shouldn't have been able to see by right, you know, as clear as I did, but I knew it it was something God and the angels were doing and recognizing him straight away and even recognizing the the few trees that were growing, you know, on different sides of the road and and seeing him you know, getting closer and and knowing straight away that this young man was coming to look for a job in the garage and saying to the secretary that was there, saying to her, well, I hope he's not coming in here to get a job, you know, because I suppose I was fighting it because I knew that he would get sick and, and I didn't want to face that part. I knew I would fall in love with him and, and, and we'd have children. But I think it was the part of knowing that we wouldn't grow old together. You know, watching him walking across the forecourt and, of course, right in the door. And my dad was there making himself a cup of tea and having a biscuit. And then this young man taps on the door because everything was glass, you know, so you could see. And, you know, he talking to my dad and then the two of them walking off and annoying because the angels were saying to me that's Joe I, and, and I knew that was Joe like I knew his name before and um, my dad even knew, knew his name wow I know it's amazing to be shown that and yeah amazing to know to know this in advance I mean so many people so many of us go to psychics to know our future and yet you've been shown very specific parts about your future. And not only have you been shown about your future, but you've been shown many futures of earth as well, which I want to talk about. But, but I suppose you, you have to remember, you know, you talk about being shown your future, but you always can say no. Like lots of times you're shown many different paths and okay. you're shown any, you know, some people would, would call them my destiny and that's a word yeah. I hate, mm -hmm. you know, 
because you know you're you're shown so so many different things but you have so many choices you don't have to take them all I could have said no you have to remember that yeah because we have free will you have free will and and lots of us say no and lots of us say you know well why did God allow that to happen and the angels but you were the one who said yes yeah Mm -hmm. that's always an agreement why did it not work out Mm -hmm. you know but you should always try and remember well okay I said yes to that I've learned about it and I'm discovering now halfway through it or quarter way through it it's not really what I want it's okay then to stop and go take another path but lots of us are afraid to do that especially adults because we're afraid of what we we think that oh we're letting ourselves down or or what will others think of us Mm -hmm. that I did it or I didn't do it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. life is, is is an experience yeah and, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's okay you know um listen I want to be a roller skater I would love to try it and go and do the lesson it doesn't mean you're going to become the great roller skater that's the greatest champion of the world and that you're going to be brilliant at it but go and do it you could be you could love singing and, and you want to sing it doesn't mean you're going to become one of those brilliant singers in the world that make a fortune and are, are known well. But go and sing, go and sing in your local church, your, you know, if you have a pub, you know, for your family. Enjoy that gift you've been given. Don't be all of the time thinking, this gift I've been given is going to make me famous. And, and I think that's what's happening in the world today with young people and, and even older. They're expecting that they're going to be made famous with every gift they have and then they are so disappointed i know look this fame this fame thing is a bit of a disease it's, i think on our planet, you know to think that we need to be famous yeah. again i want to back up just a little bit when you were shown the screen you know it reminds me i've interviewed a lot of people who've had near-death experiences and they talk about their life review and they they look at a screen and even we can do that in our mind's eye, look at a screen and be shown things. It sounds like what you were looking at, that sort of three-dimensional, oh, the way you described the screen was so beautiful. It sounds like that's the same thing that you look at when you've passed on and you're reviewing your life. You have this sort of movie come in front of you. I, yeah, I, I've heard some people say, saying that, but all as I can say about the screen um why I, why I say it has depth. It's not like looking at the screen. You, no. you know the screen is kind of solid. It, yeah. it was alive. Yeah. It's like it, it had life itself completely different. And I, I know I, I would even sometimes, I don't know which way I put it in the book, but you could say like silk or satin, you mm-hmm. know, yes, it, it had depth. It's not like a screen that that we have or like going to a cinema screen or 3D. It's it's so different. It's it's alive. Mm. You're going into life itself. Going into life itself. It's like you're living it. And have they shown you? They've shown you so many things, but have they shown you your specific relationship with them? Like why you came in with that gift or ability? Let's call it ability I, to to I see. Have. I have asked, mm-hmm. you know, because again, lots of interviewers would ask, you know, that that same question. And the only answer I have given is anytime I have asked God or the angels, it's just why not you? You know, I don't understand why me. 
I have learning difficulties. I'm dyslexic. I can't. I can read a bit now, you know, yeah. but I avoid it because it's. I I feel for me it's wasting time, energy. So I I I don't. You know, I'd rather someone else read something out or listen listen to something. Yeah. I I don't know why. Why didn't God pick someone that? you know, wasn't dyslexic, could have gone to, as I would say, to say to the angels, someone that could have gone to a big university and have all the qualifications humanly needed that that people would listen. That people but Lorna, you've, you've got exactly the qualifications you needed. Like we talked about, you, you use that word contaminate. You know, the intellect yeah. is not a contamination, but it can distract you. It can be very distracting from listening to what you know well, that's, that that's what I, I i would say say to to the angels and and to god like why didn't you pick someone else you know and the only answer i get back is why why not you yeah you know, i'm so imperfect i i don't know why god picked me like you know oh, I, I i don't know no i do anyway i'm um, going back to your story because it's all in your book angels in my hair and you've been shown a lot of things about the future do you want to talk about some of the different futures that you were shown and how was it shown to you um, it's shown to me on on many different occasions you know right through through my life and still is today and some of them i have written about it is i'm taken there I'm taken to to the future. Sometimes I'm taken back into the past. Mm -hmm. um, and I would be there physically. I would be standing there or I would be walking or, or, or sitting. There would be something in, in that in that way. And I've seen so many beautiful futures. And I have seen the negative. Mm -hmm. you know, but again, we have to remember the free choice we have. We have that free will. But I think the very important thing to remember, no matter how many wonderful, great futures I've been shown, is that they all come together as one. You know, I may be shown different parts of it, if you understand in that in that way. And I and I say I was shown this future, but they all come together as as one. And to me, that's very incredible. And one of them is is in the future, you know, a parent, a grandmother, you yourself looking from your dining room door in at your child and you see your child sitting on the floor playing, but you see as well physically as I do, your child's guardian angel. Yeah. And you speak to your child's guardian angel, not to your child. You say <laughs> your, your child's guardian angel. I'm going out for a few minutes, couple of minutes. I'll be back. Keep an eye on her, <laughs> you know, in that in that way. And it's like that 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 spiritual step, that intertwining of the human body and the soul of us becoming one has has happened. And you know, seeing again, being shown and being there in the future, where our planet, where somehow we got it together we have that opportunity to do so. It can happen. We can change things. We're worth it. Where all pollution is gone from the earth. Yeah. Our, our planet is, is pure again. Yeah. And, and seeing children, and I'm always being shown children, but seeing children and adults and 
seeing these two little children getting up and and walking across the the grass area and this small river in front of them but they're heading straight for it and they don't need a bridge to cross it they don't do exactly what angel elijah did but they walk across the river without a bridge right incredible and that is where we have allowed the body and soul to intertwine yeah yeah it sounds like you're looking at higher dimensions like different dimensions where the fabric of life is more non-physical and more malleable and we can create with our thoughts a lot faster you know that's happening in many different I, I, I don't know I don't know if the children were creating with their thoughts you know an invisible bridge I cannot say that I, I don't believe that's what it was at all um but but then to to see the way what what way could I put it the the grass was the flowers were the trees were in in a sense you know there was no pollution there and yeah. and the children were you know the way we we have young people now and even adults and they're saying they're bored with this they're bored with that yes they're not interested in this or that everyone in the future were so interested in the the tiniest thing and they didn't need technology to look at something you know it, it was it was so incredible um, interesting yeah interesting. But, but we have so many wonderful futures and the thing is we we have that choice we can allow that to happen and and that again is where I always say people need to stand up and be counted play your part and to pray, allow that that to happen, and, and to to spread the word. And I think that's happening in today's world. There are so many people standing up and being counted, and and saying no, and lots yeah. of people, regardless of their faith as well, and they're listening to their guardian angel. They are praying more. I do believe because prayer is part of taking that spiritual step. Yeah, definitely. I just want to tell you a little story you talked about the mother looking at the child and seeing the guardian angel and saying, you know, when I was in my thirties and I had a young child, she was about 11 at the time. And I had come to know the reality of angels. And I started talking to them and I had the angel cards and my daughter would see all this. And I remember leaving her at home as I would go shopping by herself and feeling guilty as a, like a guilty mother. I shouldn't leave a child of 11 or 12 at home alone. And she said to me, what are you worrying about mom? And I said, I think you might be a bit young to leave. And she said, but you believe in the angels, don't you? And I said, yes. And she said, don't you believe that they're looking after me? And I looked at her and I went, okay. Okay. And that that was brilliant, you know. And, and that's another thing I do ask parents and, and everyone out there. Allow the children to know they have a guardian angel because I'm meeting thousands of children, you know, all of the time all around the world and they never knew they had a guardian angel because it's something that had been wiped out even though we would have little trinkets and shops and but everyone is kind of that's all for the adults do the children it's so interesting forgotten to tell the children because I get loads of letters and pictures from children Mm -hmm. now saying they opened angels in my hair, like even an eight-year-old mommy was reading this book and I read it. And secretly they have sent me a letter, you know, or or gone on, 
you know, the prayer scroll when mummy wasn't around or daddy telling me that they have now discovered they have a guardian angel and what a huge difference it's making in their life. They're asking the guardian angel to help them make friends mm-hmm. with bullying, with their homework, mm-hmm. even with their mom and dad, like, you know, with their sports, with, with everything. And, and they're talking about what a huge difference it has has made for them. Or, or if you going across an, an airport and a teenager is, is with their parents and they kind of slow down because they, they see me and they just stop for a moment and say, I don't want to disturb you, but I want to thank you. You gave me something to believe in. You gave me hope. And they walk off. You don't even know their name or anything. Yeah. And I will just see their guardian angel moving along with them and the guardian angel turning back you know, turning back in that way and just smiling at me. And I think that makes just a huge difference. So I'm all the time asking people out there, or even those who have the book Angels My Hair and the other books, give them to their children to read. So their child knows they have a guardian angel. It's, It's okay for mom and dad to say, you know, you have a guardian angel, but the children want to discover like you discovered as well. Yes, I know. You know, I'm such a big fan of the children coming in, especially, especially the younger they are. They have these abilities. I won't call them gifts because I, I think that we all have the ability to have connection and communication with our guides and our angels. We just have to pay attention. (laughs) But my daughter as a child knew And when I asked her who was with her, she had very clear vision. Oh, I've got a girl and a boy, curly hair, and she described. But now she's an adult and she's forgotten. And as an adult, she's going through her trials and tribulations and she's forgotten. You know, crazy mum's been talking this stuff for years and she's sort of a bit sick of it. But, you know, she needs to be reminded. But she needed the child. Yeah, of course she she did. But but for some reason, lots of children are not knowing it. It it has changed. And I would say just leave the book with her angels in my hair on her cabinet and just leave it there. And one evening she will be. And then she will discover again for herself. And that's important. You know, it's okay for a parent to tell them, but but they need to discover as well for, for themselves. It's it's like we we took a few steps backwards over the last few den- generations, but now we need to really go forward that little bit bit more. It's it's like, you know, hearing from a 14-year-old who told me the story about his sister. She was 15 or 16. Their mom again had the book and somehow they had both read it. And he told the most saddest story ever, you know, about how much he loved his sister. But his sister was always sneaking out to her friends <laughs> for sleepovers. But this this time she did that and he never saw her again. But the most important thing for him was knowing that even though she fell asleep and so did all her friends, because they all died, to him the most important thing of knowing was that his sister's guardian angel just lifted her soul from her body and took her home to heaven mm-hmm. and, and that she never knew what happened. And that was a great comfort to that 14-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, and though he would say, I miss my sister terrible, but I know I have a guardian angel as well. And, and, and I talked to her to 
that's why it's so important because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring in that way. So it was so important. I'm so glad for that 14-year-old and for his sister who went home to heaven that they both knew about their guardian angel and they both found out through actually reading the book how they picked it up. He never said and I think that has given him great strength to grow now into, into a young man because that happened a number of years ago. So he, he probably could be 17 or 18 now. Yeah. I want to talk about the angels because we really have to ask in order to receive, don't we, in many ways. And when I was watching you before I went away, I had forgotten to ask, even though I have clear open communication with my guides and they give me a lot of visions and information. I've forgotten about asking for help and, you know, just with trivial things or not even trivial things. You can say, you know, please make the car start again or the fridge work again or protect me or do, and they can do it. (laughs) And I've seen that happen over and over again in my life. Yes. They, they can help things in, in that, in that way. But if your fridge is on, definitely on its last leg, (laughs) Um, at one stage, it won't start again. Well, my <laughs> fridge was on its last leg, and I rang a guy to come and fix it. He fixed it, and then it died again. And I rang him again to come and fix it, and he said, "Oh, love," he said, "time to get a new fridge," and it's still going really well. <laughs> Thanks for the God, it's still going. That can happen. Happen fridge fridges. I I know I had a, a fridge myself for oh an awful long time. Um, well beyond its its lifespan mm-hmm. but it is to to ask for help because you're you're empowering your guardian angel you're giving your guardian angel more permission because your guardian angel can't overstep your free will that's at all right. that's right you know, and, and that I've, I've heard you say that you know we're surrounded by angels unemployed angels i think you've unemployed that, angels that, that are that are waiting for there. people yeah <laughs> they're there in an abundance and they're waiting to be employed yeah and i always say to everybody listen just call out and say i could do with some unemployed angels in my life and i can assure you you will have plenty mm-hmm. and they help you with with what i call the everyday trivial things that's important because even this talk, we, we may call that a trivial thing. Um, you could be just looking after your children and you call that a trivial thing or going down to the shops. But, you know, your arms could be broken carrying the bags out to the car or whatever. And I would watch angels, those unemployed angels, making those bags just that little bit lighter. Yeah. Or stepping in front of you or umpteen times and watching people stop just before they bump into something, yeah. you know, so they're, they're constantly helping you all of the time. We all need unemployed angels in, in our lives with literally everything. So go in and employ them. They're being poured from the bucket falls from the heavens down onto the earth. And there's hundreds and thousands of them and they're not employed you know, that's so right. that's right. So if you're watching this, please employ some unemployed angels. Yes. <laughs> and be in a vibration of allowing yourself to receive, because I know a lot of people ask and then they continue to worry and they and their stress doesn't allow them to receive what they're asking for. And many times. So it's just knowing that that help is there and you can rely on it and feeling that like the mother, like that story, talking to the guard, as, as if you could see, like you, Lorna, as if you could see an angel 
and you really knew it was there, you wouldn't think, you know, this is not real. You wouldn't yeah. worry. You wouldn't worry that you weren't going to get what you want. You that's, would just relax. Right. I was doing an interview with a radio presenter there the other day. We were on stage and that is one thing he he had said as well, you know, how hard it is for everyone else to believe because they can't see physically and how so many people are skeptic. But I was saying to him, you know, those that are skeptic and and they're asking a million and one different questions, they're hungry and thirsty to know what Lorna is saying is true because they, they want to know that. They want to know that they have a guardian angel and that they have a soul as well. And and there's more to life, to the meaning of life in that way. And that's one thing to remember. You you have that soul, that speck of light of God that fills literally every part of you. And it's so tiny, but yet it fills every part of you. Your human body dies, but you don't die. And, and that's what I say to everybody. Remember, you will meet your loved ones again. Yeah. You know, and it's your loved ones that you you feel the presence of at different times more than you would even your guardian angel because they live you knew their senses, you know, you you knew the presence of, of them. So you would often feel their presence more than you would ever your guardian angel. But it's your guardian angel that allows them in and around you. But they're in heaven. They're only there literally with you. We use the human terms, you know, a couple of seconds, but you think it's the whole day, mm. you know, that in that way, because they're in heaven as well. And the soul of a loved one can do more for you because they can intercede for you on a very personal basis because you are their daughter or or their best friend or you could have been the grandmother to an enormous family or, or just mm. one person. So they, the soul of a loved one intercedes for you as well. So always remember, you will meet this, you will meet your loved one again, no matter whether it's a child or, or your mom or, or a sister or a brother. Always. I just saw on Facebook before this interview, a beautiful musician and his gorgeous mother just passed away just before this is, we're recording this just before Christmas and, And, yeah, just to remind, yeah, love never dies. We never die. But I want to ask you about, I read in your book about the queen of the angels and your vision as a little girl. But I just want to get a little bit specific about who the angels are, what they are as a point of energy, as an aspect of the divine. Because you've said, you said something really interesting, either in your book or in another interview, that they don't have souls no, um, I used to feel really embarrassed, not for me, but for the angels, especially when I wrote the first book and I was being interviewed and I was saying, oh, God, what am I going to say? And and God said, and, and even Archangel Michael, all the angels said, Lorne, you must tell them angels are creatures created by God. You and I are a billion times upon a billion times more than any angel ever could be. Angels don't have souls. You know, that spark of light that you have, and that's what makes human beings more than any angel. And that is incredible. And I used to feel so embarrassed because angels are incredible as well. Mm -hmm. God did make them. But I was told to say, angels are creatures created by God, and they were created long, long ago but that you and I are billions of times more than any angel ever could be. When 
I heard you say that, I was trying to work that out in my head, and this is what I came up with, to understand that there is a creature without a soul sort of sounds odd, but... It's a, it sounds but, odd, odd to us. It sounds odd to us, but I know that, you know, source energy or God is pure positive energy and infinite possibility and, you know, everything. So when we reemerge back to that heaven, as it's called in religious scripture, or back to source, you know, we go back to that pure positive energy. And that's what an angel is with the ability to help and manifest and mold energy. So like miracles, but but a soul or a person or a human is a soul that's evolving and having different having different experiences like a human experience and then evolving that soul, whereas an angel doesn't need to evolve because they're already, because I don't know, they're not human. Yeah, God God has created them, you know, they're they're that creature because they were the word, I can't change the words Mm. um, I was given to, to use, but you and I are more than any angel ever could be because of your soul. Because of the soul. So they're like, they're specifically created to help us, to help the soul evolve. Yeah. Help the soul. Well, the soul doesn't need to evolve. Well, Um, you have to remember, mm -hmm. it's the human being that needs to evolve. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, It's the human being that needs to allow itself to say, yes, it's okay to intertwine with the soul. Because the soul is that speck of light of God. It's 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 part of God. The soul is perfect. It is pure love. It's it's mm-hmm. it's beyond that. And that's another reason why the angels love to be around us, because we are that that spark of God. And that's another reason why your guardian angel is the gatekeeper of of your soul, why it never leaves you for one second at all, no matter what you're doing in your life whether you're good or bad. And that's another reason why it doesn't give up on you as a human being because of your soul. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I know you will read it. in. I, I give parts in, in each book, you know, because I know it's too much for people to take in. It depends on where they are spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives us the opportunity to, to learn as much as we can humanly and and to search and discover more about our soul and and to accept and please God in the future, which I have been shown and I believe it's even happening today, we're starting to to allow, we are hungry and thirsty to know, to allow our soul to intertwine with our human body. And and when that happens, you don't grow old, you don't get sick, you're, you know, we're completely, completely different. And I suppose that is the goal of, of us humanly that, that we have deep inside of us mm-hmm. to, to, to that, to that stage. And I know that's hard for people to take on because we all the time believe, well, we have to learn, our soul has to learn, but it's not our soul doesn't need to learn anything. Remember, it's that speck of light of God. It is pure. It it doesn't need. It's us humanly mm, mm. learn, and and learning hurts us. It it gives us joy, and our soul is is pure love. And sometimes we turn away that hurt and pain, all that emotion. We say, why should we have it? But we need it. 
I better say no more, right? Go on. No, no. Look, I've got my mob talk to me about this sort of thing all the time. And I do yeah. use different words um, because I think words are a really poor way of explaining what we're talking about. They, they are. They are. They, um, they, only, they only help. But it, I, it's the understanding that each and every one of us have yeah. as, as we go through life. Our understanding changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we believe you have been through or what we believed we understood 10 years ago. Now we have a greater understanding and realize, you know, sometimes, well, it didn't actually mean all of that. Now I know a little bit more. And it's okay then to let go what you realize it didn't mean and take on but now you understand what it means more yeah. until you get to the next stage. Yeah, I understand that the contrast we experience here or the dramas or the trials and tribulations that oh, we experience okay. here, uh, you know, to just use those different words, is a way that we experience and then we evolve or expand our awareness through that experience of what's possible and who we really are. And, and it is an amazing and tumultuous ride, this physical life. But um, It's lovely. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you too about, I still want to ask you about the Queen of the Angels, so I'll get back to that. But, you know, one of the questions I had when I was reading your book, you know, you struggled so much when you were younger and with your husband, with poverty, with being quite poor and him being out of work at some point. And, and the question that arose, if you're so connected to the angels, why did you still experience being so poor? Because I'm, I'm human. I have to live a human life. I have to live life the same as everybody else out there. I wouldn't be all of who I am today if I didn't leave, live my human life as well. Yeah. Um, and again, to me, I, I wouldn't have liked to live any other life. Yeah. No matter but, how many but I guess people would say, why didn't you ask the angels to help you out financially or... Um, I even today I wouldn't ask that question. <laughs> I I don't. I think it, a lot of people strange. ask that question. <laughs> it's strange. There's there's questions lots of people ask, but it never crosses my mind to ask. Um, like at at times I I would have asked them, you know, where's the food going to come from? Yeah. You know, where's Santa Claus going to come from? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to get? You know money to pay for the next ESB bill you know electricity how is that going to come about I I I might have it mainly would have been food and clothes and warmth and Mm -hmm. and again it's it's it depends on how other people listen as well like you know they're one of the Christmases a stranger dropping an envelope in our letterbox Mm -hmm. you know with 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 some money in it and and we were able to buy food for Christmas on Christmas yeah. morning yeah that you was know, beautiful yeah you know so again the angels are always prompting people you know it could be just something very small that you give you could have little yourself but you still help out somewhere else but lots of times adults will say no that's crazy that's silly I won't do that mm-hmm. somebody would think I'm mad so a lot of the time we don't do it yeah, and I always say, but but you should if 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 your guardian angel is making you aware of maybe somebody in your job or aware of a neighbor or or even in another neighborhood, why not 
you know, sneak up on Christmas Eve and stick something in the letterbox or hang something on the door knocker to let somebody know that we do care. Yeah. And, you know, and adults just think that's silly. That's crazy. Why should I give? Or or we say, right, I have, I don't know whether it's dollars you have, but here in Ireland we have, you know, euros. You know, I yeah. have 10 euros. And, and I say to myself, I, I need definitely that whole 10 euros for myself but if you think about it you don't need the whole 10 euros for yourself can you even spare a euro because when you give it you will never miss it especially when you give it as the angels would say to me give it with a pure heart and expect nothing in return well uh, the answer to that question when I asked it as I was reading the book for me was experiencing generosity and love is so much more important than experiencing wealth Another one was the richness of life when you struggle and like the story of the stranger dropping the money in the letterbox and then mm-hmm. that elation that you thought we're not going to have anything for Christmas and then that elation when there was something there, you know, without that poverty experience, you would experience that elation. Also another thing was it made you very relate. You related to the human experience because you went through the gamut of it. You went through poverty and illness and death. You experienced so much of the human experience. And so now that you're out there speaking to people, you have that personal relatable experience in order to understand what people are going through with their trials and tribulations. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I say everyone, we all suffer. We, we all have happiness and joy, but we all have tears and sorrow as, as well. Mm. But I wouldn't like life without those things. You mm. know, some people would say, you know, why does some God and the angels do away with all our trials and tribulations in, in that way? Mm. Wouldn't life be much better if if God, you know, set the path for us and we could never leave it and it was perfect? Would we not be bored? You know, would we not be bored that even a stone moves away from our foot, that that we don't kind of get a sore to, you know, hit a stone and, and feel? I think we would be doing the opposite then. We'd be looking, why don't I have more emotion? We'd be looking, why doesn't God allow me to feel pain? We'd be where I think he has given us such balance for us to grow humanly so that we will accept our soul that he has given us. And, and I don't know why we, why God fell in love with us to give him that spark, to give each and every one of us that spark of light of himself. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. And to give us, each and every one of us, a guardian angel that is the gatekeeper of, of our soul. And the guardian angel's most important job of all is to bring your soul back home to heaven. So another question that I can hear people asking is, do animals have guardian angels? No, they don't have guard, individual guardian angels. But the angels do look after the animals as well. And we ourselves are meant to be the guardian angels of nature as well. I would often see a guardian angel whispering in someone's ear or another, or sometimes even another unemployed angel about an animal that is in need, mm-hmm. that needs help. Mm-hmm. About even, you know, I remember one day being out and seeing these people it was two men and a woman and they're standing by a river and just watching the angels pointing into the river all of the time 
and whispering in their ears. And I, I asked what's going on. And I was told that the angels were trying to bring to their attention that the river needed some taking care of, some cleaning. Right. And yeah. It did work eventually, seemingly, mm. after an awful, an awful lot of work that the angels did to get their attention. But when our attention is drawn to something, most of the time we're very good at responding, especially if we're in a group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On our own, not so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, but in, in a group, yes. So I wrote this question down a couple of months ago when I read the book. And uh, I can't remember why I wrote it down, but I said, I'd like to talk about the Queen of the Angels and your vision as a little girl. And I forgot what I was thinking at the time I wrote that down. But the Queen of the Angels seemed to really speak to me I don't know well the the queen of the angels is is our lady is is Mary and she has shown herself many times to me on different occasions and I don't know which one you're talking about yourself whether it was when I was on the swing I don't even know if this one is in the book and the angels got me to look up into the sky and seeing her there looking just just her face and on this occasion she was holding an infant a little child in close to her and I wasn't allowed to see the fall of her and another time on on the swing as well I just saw her face then everything changing and and like raindrops and and feathers and just all falling down like as if she she exploded but not not in in a human way it was something as a child I was being shown that that looked so so beautiful and then another time I think I wrote about it in in the book and that was appearing in the in the room in the house in in Maynooth you know the queen of angels and she telling me who who she was exactly yeah and the way she was dressed you could never imagine anyone dressed like that it was like her her hair was was long but it was like as if every strand had incorporated in it what we would call jewels because they all sparkled of emeralds, diamonds. And she was so beautiful and dressed in what I called a fiery. It was, I can never, the colors are so different than our human colors. So I, I'd be searching for colors that would represent, but her clothing was like those fiery flame colours, you know, that, that red and that yellow and gold of, of a flame and even that blue. And that's what her clothing clothing was. And she telling me she was the queen of angels, the mother of all souls, the mother of, of Jesus. And that, that was just so, so beautiful. And I always remember, you know, being in the kitchen, washing the dishes and, and drawing that dishcloth across my, my arm and the angel saying go out into the hall and seeing the other angel there and and then opening the door and and taking those views because you knew she wasn't an angel it was just her presence that power but the angels obey her and that's giving giving us human understanding you know saying i'm queen of angels queen of all souls queen queen of man like you know just just very very beautiful what is her role in your life or in our life or in everyone's life? I think it is the symbol of, of a mother, mm-hmm. of, of a mother that, you know, cares for her children 
and cares for us all and loves us all and is there for us to go to with our sorrows, with with our tears, and, and she's there to wipe them away. I, I suppose for so many, many reasons, but I think it's it, it is the symbol of a mother and, and the symbol of a mother is is all of those things, is 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 love and compassion and and knowing whether you're a man, woman or child, you can go to your mother. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be afraid. Yes, be as little children and know that you are loved. Yeah. yeah. And know that you're loved and looked after. Because that's the thing, as children, we do know that we're loved and looked after. And for the most part, most children, not all children, are. Maybe in the Western world they are, but there are plenty of children that are not anyway. But they know that they are and um, and then we forget and we grow up like I've seen you know, with my daughter, she knew she was. And then at some point she forgot. And we all go through that forgetting. I I don't know. I I don't think, I don't know. You've never forgotten Lorna. You've never, you've never forgotten the love because you see it around you all the time. No, love. We have to, I think, um, again, one thing that people have forgotten is that there's lots of good in the world. Mm-hmm. There's millions of good people in the world. And and even those that are what we consider bad or mean or selfish, they have good in them too. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we have to love the stranger. We have to learn to love the person. And I hate using this word because people use it. Um, that, that sometimes somebody will say, I hate, I hate them, you yeah. know. I don't love them. We often say bad, you know, horrific bad things about someone else because they have hurt us or because they have done something horrific. But we have to have love and compassion. It's, mm. it's like, I forgive you, I love you, but I know I can't forget either. And that's okay not to forget because we can't forget our history. We can't forget the wrongs that, that we all have done, mm-hmm. you know. But we have to forgive and love to move on and make sure we don't repeat them again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the hardest part, I suppose, for the world. I suppose that's why I ask people to pray and the angels are always asking for us to pray for the leaders of the world, our governments, that they make the right decisions, they find the right solutions and that they realise that they're not immortal. Yeah, I don't think they are immortal and they will live forever in a human form. Yeah. You know, the human body will will live, and we need them to listen and have compassion and love, so that they will make this world like a glimpse of heaven, which I've written about as well. I know you have been talking for so long. I could talk. I've got so many more questions I could ask you, but I know you have to go. But I'd like to finish with what the angels message is for humanity at this time because I know that you're here and many others are here to really help us evolve and as you say judging our politicians or hating our politicians because we don't agree with them is not helping them or helping us you know move into a new era into the future so even if you don't agree with someone loving them for that spark that is the divine within them that is that spark of god the soul within them and asking them to remember that to remember their own connection their own divinity their own love and seeing them make better choices better for humanity but what would the angels what would be the most pressing message that they're telling you lorna 
Well, I, I suppose it's it's actually more than one and yeah. and 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 it, and it is so many all all put together, you know, it is it is to love, it is to pray, it is to help everyone in the world to become conscious that you're not just flesh and blood, you are a spiritual being as well, and to allow those two to intertwine. And for everyone to become conscious and aware of that they have a guardian angel and that God is real. That is one thing I would be asked by rabbis, priests, um, imams, you you name them, the, the heads of the church, of the religions would say to me, Lorna, is God real? Like they study, you know, they should know. And I would say yes. And and even today when I would be talking to to people. Again, that would be the question. And yes, God is real and your guardian angel is real and you are real yourself. You are a human being, but you're a spiritual being. You have that beautiful soul that is pure love and you are loved. And I can't give up on mankind and neither can your guardian angel give up on you. We can change this this world. We can make it that glimpse of heaven. We are worth it. We are more than what you can even imagine. So get out there and let your children know they have a guardian angel. Yeah. Give them the book. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed now that children of seven and eight years of age are reading angels in my air. Some countries I go to, it is all young people that come. Really? And the young need to be awoken, but... Those that are older need to wake up a little bit more too. Mm. We are worth it and we are precious and we are loved and I love you all. Okay. And I will say thank you yourself and all your listeners. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for spreading the light and your love and your message. And thank you for being on the show. Blessings to you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me for another show, Accentuating the Positive. Let's go to Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain on Facebook. Check out my website, karenswain.com, for any readings and teachings available about spiritual, deliberate creation for the change makers, difference makers, and disruptors. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Clap along if you feel-